You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. And the man, and the man feels no pressure. I am the man You are now entering the vicious circle. You are facing a fuel-injected suicide machine. And welcome to the Vicious Circle. Sid, bud, how are you today? Good, man. But how about yourself, Rob? I am doing good so far. I'm back in the basement. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Like Joe Biden. Exactly. Hiding. Hiding Biden. There we go. Uh, a lot of people have already tuned in. Kyle and Jeremy both say, hey, how are things going? Hey, Kyle and Jeremy. Yes. Um, you said we're going to kind of switch things up tonight. Yeah. I think what we'll do, Rob, we'll... Um, one, because we have one person really complaining out there, uh, Jeff Arthur uh, from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, he's um, he's put his name in the hat to be your uh, the president of the Ron Bellamy, Rob Bellamy fan club. He's saying he's had a problem where he's um, watching the, uh, the, the podcast and 30, 40 minutes into it, it's cutting off on him. So he's requesting we do wrestling conversation or topics at first because he doesn't like talking about all the drama happening in the country right now. He, he actually has got a uh, degree in political science. He went to several universities, Texas, Georgia. I don't know if because he got kicked out. This is the guy that likes to get, you know, choke and masturbate. Remember that guy? Everyone needs a hobby. Yeah. Right. So anyway, Jeff, we're thinking about you and we're going to do the wrestling questions first tonight. Then we're going to, uh, you got a girl, her name's Lori, right? Yeah. Uh, she got a hold of us through email. Right. So we're looking like we've put out, uh, you know, filler out there to say, anyone like to come in, join us for a, uh, a chat back and forth about whatever to- topics that come up, whatever topics you have in mind. We're, we're, we enjoy it. We're, we're, we'd love to have anyone to come out and, and join us up here on, on the vicious circle. Exactly. And that's, she had an interesting topic and I, I did a little research and I found out some stuff. So uh, what was it about? Um, it's actually about vitamin D and COVID. Heard a little bit about that. Yeah. So uh, it I sounds boring, but we'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah, Sure. Why not? <laughs> so we're going to jump right into wrestling then tonight. And uh, it, this is going to be a little different because normally with just the podcast, I'll sit there and ask you questions and go on, but we're going to get people to, to fire in questions as well. Right. Okay. And now this is the time period that everybody has been asking for lately. This is when you went back to the Fed for the second time. Right. Right. And uh, the, the one question I have on that is how did that start? Because you're, you're doing the USWA stuff. Right. How did that start? 
Well, uh, <coughs> excuse me, got just a little bit of a summer cold. Got the COVID-19 over here. No, I'm just I hope to God that's not it. No, what happened, Rob? Of course, everyone knows that, you know, I had gotten in that trouble with Arn and WCW and took a little time off. And so really, truthfully, uh, I did play a little softball uh, during that time off. Um, I did do the thing with uh, Memphis. Uh, that was just to get, you know, just pick up some, you know, get my timing back. I knew things would come back my way. And uh, while I was working in Memphis, uh, we we're in Louisville. I was in Louisville. The company was. And uh, Vince flew me in, um, offered me this deal to come back. Uh, we worked out a deal and I came back, as uh, Psycho said. And uh, when you went back for the first time, what was it like being back there? Because I know you've said that uh, WCW was like a business and WWF was, at that point was like a carnival, you know? Well, I knew I was going into, because this is really the beginning of what I've talked about so much about being on the whipping post. This was the beginning of that. Uh, knowing I had left, um, you know, I thought on, the, you know, fair reason to leave to leave and uh, of course i don't think vince ever thought it was fair enough to leave but uh, so anyway that's the beginning of the days of being on the whipping post when i came back uh i guess what you asked me what it was like to be, to be back is this it <coughs> you know rob i tell people that you watch that television of wwf at the time it's wwe now you, you watch that and you really can be, I don't think you can be fooled anymore because there aren't any big stars anymore. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but used to, you'd, you'd watch it. When I first started watching it before I went to the first time, I went, wow, these guys are really big stars. And I told the story about meeting Jim Duggan, who I really, really like and, and a, a respect. But when I met him in real life, he really, again, he was just a fat guy in blue tights. It really was nothing special about him. Other than he was a hard worker and he had his, his own style and gimmick which worked really great. But people like Lord Alfred Hayes really made him, not just him, everyone I watched on that TV looked bigger than they were when I met him. Um, so going there the second time, I'm thinking oh, some of these guys, you know, look even bigger than I thought they, you know, I thought like, and I hate to say Jimmy Del Rey and well done and, you know, on and on and on. Uh, I won't just go on and on because I could. Um, but I thought, okay, these guys are, not that great, but they look so so on that television. When I got there, <clears throat> my first television taping was in um I wanna say it was Augusta, Georgia, it was south of Atlanta. I think it was Augusta. I think there was like maybe um four hundred people. Oh wow. And, uh, yeah, and I was like, and this is a horrible little building. Uh, and it was just like, whoa, you know, um, so that's what it was like going back. <laughs> I'm on the whipping post and things are pretty tough. Because <laughs> this the thing is, Rob, not to cut you off, but to cut you off. Um, when they were bring, sending people in to work with me in Memphis, like even King Kong Bundy, Mabel, uh, Undertaker, Lex, you know, at the Mid-South Coliseum or where these guys would show up once or twice, I think they showed up at Louisville, Kentucky. And this was the normal Memphis, you know, every week run. We did really almost sellouts. Um, but when we, I got there, I mean, even with all their star power, they could, again, even at a television tape, have four, five, six hundred people. 
Jeez. And the TVs, they give away lots of tickets. Yeah, that seems crazy by today's standards to have a show that small, I guess, you know? Well, Rob, before this COVID-19, their shows were getting that small, you know, because yeah. they were blocking people. We know that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, there was a, you know, everybody was having a hard time. NFL having a hard time, you know, um, different reasons, but um, everything was having a tough time. Nicole made a comment uh, when she were talking about Jim Duggan. She said that uh, she had the same reaction to the Road Warriors. They're a lot smaller in person. Well, you know, I remember looking at some of the uh, when I first started working the Road Warriors. You know, I, I you know you're looking at them across from me. You think, yeah, they're pretty big, not not quite as big as me and Danny were. But when I see pictures of like when me and Danny were standing, you know, face to face with those guys, like at Omni, I mean, I really did make those guys look pretty small. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> uh, let me see here. Yeah, no doubt. Quit that <laughs> that, that Joe Biden. No doubt. No doubt. I've been practicing. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, I've been practicing that. There was one question I saw go by, and I'm just I'm looking for the question. Okay, here we go. Oh, actually, it was uh, Michelle Travers asked, Sid, what would you say is your greatest moment in wrestling? You know, Rob, again, because the business is a work, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not about winning or losing. I I would have to say, just because at all reasons, it was a good match. It was my first championship that really counted. Um, got my, you know, what I did for myself, you know, worked myself off that whipping post and to on and bigger and better things even after that. Things I thought I would never accomplish. And so, that's still probably the single most important and best memory I have in the business. Is that which one? The, you know, for, with the one with Sean at SummerSlam. Oh, very good. Yes. Yeah. That is, I, I consider that iconic. Yeah. And, uh, okay. Here's well, this is the reason why Rob, because I turned everything, I turned everything from what they wanted to be. You know, they didn't want me to give out, get over. I got over better than anybody in the business. Um, I made, I forced their hands to turn things to put the belt on me, um, give me the run that they wanted to give other people. Um, I was able to do that, then pass it on to, you know, kick started that territory because it was dead on its ass. You know, I don't have to go into it, but it's well documented, you know. So everybody, I'm sure everyone's story lines up with that, you know, mm-hmm. or close to it. Here is one from Jake. Uh, Jake said, ask Sid, does he have wrestling buddies? Like, do you, do you, you still talk to some people that you worked with? I talked to a few, um, you know, I talked to Stevie Ray a couple weeks ago. <clears throat> I talked to Carl Willett probably more than anyone. I talked to Harvey Whippleman once in a while, but really I don't talk to a whole lot. Um, uh, it's just <clears throat> when I, again, when I was in the, on the road, a lot of times I did ride by myself in the, in the, the people I rode with only just a couple that I could really say that I was friends with, you know? Okay. Uh, Ryan Haskell has a question. That'd be kind of interesting to, to know. What was the favorite, what was your favorite celebrity that you got to meet through wrestling? Cause you mentioned Duggan. Well, he's it- not really a celebrity. He's just a fat guy. I just <laughs> said that. Remember? Yeah. That guy with blue tights. No, I was kidding. 
He's a, I can't say he's a celebrity. No, a fat guy with a two by four. Nah, get close, but not quiet, you know. Almost. Uh, Internet Sid, was that he? Was that you? I think he's creeping. I, I think he's peeking out there. Oh, hold on a second. Oh, sorry, uh, Jim. That's uh, Internet Sid saying that stuff. Now, I mean, uh, what was the question, Rob? Internet Sid was taking over. <laughs> was there a favorite celebrity that you got to meet? Like, who's your favorite celebrity you got to meet? Man, there was a bunch of, you know, uh, considering a celebrity, the guy that, well, all right, so, all right, the, the thing I probably really enjoyed the most was, uh, I met so many people, I got to give Wayne Gretzky an autograph, got a, um, an annual from Dean Smith right out of his office, so I got to meet some really cool people, you know, on and on, the greatest, right, Muhammad, uh, not Muhammad Ali, um, Marvin Hagler, I told that story. <clears throat> but maybe the great coolest moment because it lasted so long was, was with James Brown. Wicked. He did he did a show with us in in uh, San Francisco at the Cow Palace, and um, he was. He, I think the deal is he came in to do something with um, um, Miller. Uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Ernest Miller, the guy the he cat. did uh, the cat. He did that karate stuff. I, I, I was I know he did something past that karate where and I was there, I should remember this, but it was something where he started wearing the cape and stuff like James Brown. So they brought him in, I think, just to do that for him, to put the cape on him or something like that. So he was like all of us. We, he fell for it. He came, it was like pay-per-view sweet, a pay-per-view. So he stayed all day with us. And so he was unfortunately right next to me in the locker room. And I man, I bugged him all day. Come on, James, do that. Man, come on, do that split thing. Uh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just, I mean, everybody came through the locker room. James, do this for this guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was just, but what a cool dude. Man, I'm telling you, that was the coolest moment. No, I mean, I've hung out with Carl Perkins in the airport in New York. We both were stranded and offered him to stay with, my, with me in my room, but he decided not to. I, I wouldn't have done that either. But um, yeah, uh, hung out with Mickey Ward. Chuck Zito, everybody does that. But the hangout with James Brown, you know, uh, that was pretty cool. That would be that would be very cool. Yeah, Rob, you can't say that, right? No, I can't. I've never met him, no, but it no, would I didn't be think cool. so. Yeah. You didn't dance with him like I did. No, not did. Well, you didn't make him dance. Well, I mean, I asked him to dance. Yeah, asked him to dance. No, no he didn't do it like 50 times, but he did do it once or twice. And at his age, all right. To be able to, I couldn't have done that at 20 or 15 or seven. Oh yeah. You know, I watch him do that on a hard concrete floor. No, no props. Dude's awesome. Awesome. He was so cool. So friendly, so smart. Um, just, you know, wow. Such a different person. You'd think when you hung around him for like two or three hours, like I did, I, I don't know why he stayed in the room that long, the locker room. Uh, I would have left at that point, but he's just so cool. That is awesome. Uh, we have Nicora here. Uh, she says, fellow Marion resident here, what would you say growing up in a small town in Arkansas did to help your perspective on your career? Well, I talk about it a whole lot. Uh, what's your name? Uh, Nicora. Nicora. I talk about it quite a bit. Um, it really kept both of my feet on the ground. I never got too big for my britches or what we hear sometimes. I never got above my raisin. Um, just that. Um, being here from Arkansas, <clears throat> have lived and worked on a farm 
up to that point, until I really got into the wrestling business, you know, um, I, I thought about it actually a little bit today that, you know, even when I went to the WWF for the first time, man, I was just a dumb country kid. When again, in WCW, the beginning days, they had to put Danny Spidey with me just where I could get from town to town. Um, so, you know, honestly, I never lost that. Uh, I kept that the whole time. When I went to these places, when even meeting, like we told the story about James Brown, you know, it never was like, you know, I mean, I was so appreciative uh, of him taking time with me, but, you know, that's probably why he took the time with me because he goes, man, this guy, you know, now another guy I want to uh, shout out to, too, that he's, he's not with us anymore as well, that I enjoyed being with was um, um, uh, Joey C from uh, Kid Rock, the little, the little short guy. Yeah. What a cool guy. Now, we didn't, we hung out so many times. He'd always come to the shows when we were in Detroit. Um, it's not, a, you know, I don't hide this. You know, we'd go out and just smoke joint after joint, about as big as he was. Uh, <laughs> just you know, laugh, man. And I, I did put him on the spot a few co- <clears throat> couple times. I'd go, come on, Joy C. Uh, do that rap. He'd go, oh, man, okay, rap, 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 rap. <laughs> you know, cool dude, you know. Joey, come on, man. Do the rap. Oh, shit. Oh, rap, 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 rap. <laughs> <laughs> Just, man, those are, to me, the moments in my career that I cherish the most. That is awesome. Joey C. <laughs> Shout out to you, Joey C. Uh, Jay to the C. And, yeah, I miss, I miss that group. What was it? D20, I, did, I think they were called. Kid was- Rock Jerk. Well, Kid Rock was in it, but it was that whole bunch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Or wait. Yeah. Was it? I don't know. I might be mixing groups, and I apologize if I am. Yeah, you are, you Canadian jerk. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, let me see. You might know your movies, maybe. <laughs> We're going to get Jeff on here, the president of your fan club. And that's, by the way, to everybody that's watching or listening to or tuning in or seeing some of these images of uh, the Vicious Circle, Rob now has got a fan club, and we want people to. Uh, send in questions to Rob, uh, ask about his fan club. Ask me about a fan club. I actually got a couple questions right here on my phone. That's my grandson, everyone. Uh, we call him son, by the way. Uh, I've got a couple questions too, Rob. That, uh, someone wants to ask you, but we'll ask him a little bit later. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, let's get to Greg's question. <laughs> okay, Greg. Greg. Uh, good day, Sid, you legend. Any interesting or crazy stories from Australia, New Zealand, or Japan? When wrestlers travel for distances to a foreign land, stranger days are known to happen. Cheer. You know, um, Australia, I went there twice, once for WCW to promote some stuff. Uh, I did get hospitalized from being there from the rugby team, the Brisbane Broncos. Um, cool thing there, I got to take a picture with one of the uh, U.S. Olympic a female uh, team of the, off the Olympic team. And I think she'd win a gold medal. I uh, have that picture somewhere. Anyway, uh, probably the most, the thing I remember the most is just being, I was in every PR thing you could think of in Australia. You know, the, they're equivalent to the tonight show, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but the thing I remember the most was um, I was doing this little segment with the Brisbane Broncos and man, those guys take their rugby serious. Now, I'm there. I've already got a little bit of injury to my hip. Um, I'm just actually working out in their facility, which is like, oh, my God, it's like caveman days. It's like just just like it was when you were in the seventh grade, the gym, you know, the weights with 
tape on them and the smell, which was okay. So anyway, we get out there to do the little clip, and what it was, they had me running into the end zone, and uh, they were supposed to come up and just really just touch me, you know, uh, like circle around, you know, and like, hey, sort of high five or whatever. But when I got there, man, they, they never were like ever even a little bit friendly. They just were sort of to themselves. And so we get out there to do the deal and I take off. Now, I've always told everyone, used to, I was pretty fast for a big guy. And um, I took off and I get ahead of them. And I actually get into the end zone before they get to me. Man, they can't. One dude came up behind me and grabbed me by the shirt and wrenched me down to the ground so fast. I actually, I landed my hip onto the hill of my heel, and I ruptured the bursa sac in my hip, and I had to have surgery when I got home. So I don't know if you call that funny or not, jerk. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. But no, really. But again, that just happens. Uh, but that happened in Australia. But I will say this about Australia: the greatest, the most friendliest people I've ever met in my whole life. Um, just, I mean, usually, you know, you travel, you're going to run across jerks in the airport from the people that, you know, check your bags to the people at the counter, to the stewardess, just on and on, you know, that's the way it works. Hotel places, you say, oh, it's it's so-so. I never met a unfriendly person. Just sitting in the lobby of those hotels were just unbelievable, you know, hanging out and stuff. But what a beautiful place to go and hang out at. Nice. Um, Dennis here, he did correct me. As soon as I said D12, I think I figured I was wrong. But yeah, D12 is Eminem's group. All right. Yeah. That's that's what it was. Um, We have another question here from Rondell. The Battle of the Power Bombs. How was it working with Diesel, Kevin Nash? It was a uh, worked with him, you know, twice in WWF and then WCW too. Um, you know, Kevin's always easy to work with. Um, he doesn't stress out on stuff. He's got his couple little moves that are easy. That little picture thing he takes in the corner. Um, the only thing we were doing the the angle in WWF, and I think he would agree to this. It was just the territory was just it was struggling. It was just um, we were both we were both being paid as well as you could be in a situation like that. And, and we were both fortunate enough to be on top in a situation like that. And that's why we probably survived a little bit better than most of the other people there. But uh, it, it, the conditions were tough, but uh, we always made the best of everything. Perfect. Uh, Dennis here asked if the power bomb didn't work for you, did you have any other moves that you were thinking of using for that? You know what? I really never did. Um, I had the power bomb, you know, the, a guy named David, uh, wrestling's Motley. It showed me he had saw it in Japan. And then, um, I was using the finishes that were given to me from the promoters I was working with. And then, um, I mean, I really was looking around and, um, of course, when I got the continental, they already had the, and their minds made up to, for me to use that Cobra clutch. So I, uh, adjusted it and made it to a little more, violent version of it and i actually used it in spots later on in my career that i think it was a good spot but um no i really didn't rob i didn't have anything else in mind i remember you saying that one kind of fell in your lap and it was like the perfect thing yeah i remember the first time using it in birmingham at the botwell auditorium 
I've told the story. I heard a guy at the ringside said, man, that guy's dead. And this is a long time ago where you didn't hear those kind of things, you know, mm-hmm. when you heard it, you, you know, they were serious. Yes. Uh, Yusuf has a question. And if, if you remember, this was the very first question I asked you off the record when we got talking, Hey Sid, were you initially booked to lose to Goldberg in the first place? Or was it just due to the excessive bleeding? Because remember that match, it looked like it was a legit uh, injury. Right. No, it was, uh, I was, that was, I, I really want not think the scheduled match to re- where I really put him over was the I quit match after that. But uh, it was sort of, I guess, you know, this is what happens. I think that was a good idea. I like the way it, actually that the, how we got to where so much blood then that was Kevin Nash's idea. And that's where the doctor actually numbed me, cut me in the back before the match actually started that night where me and Bill got an altercation in the back of the, of the um, MGM grand auditorium or uh, Coliseum, whatever you want to call it. So uh, that was a really cool idea. A good beginning of that. It made everything to lead up uh, to that. I think that should have been used last uh, before, you know, after, the I quit match because it, it did get over so well. You really couldn't go anywhere after that, um, you know, for a lot of different reasons, but really it was hard to do that after that. So, but um, again, I think it was, it's one of those good ideas and all went well to the very end of it um, because one of the excessive bleeding, they wouldn't let it, let people do that again. I think they had mind probably do that again, you know? Um, so, I think it was a good idea. It just didn't get to finish what might have they might have been able. I always look forward to doing something different. I don't. I'm not never done blade jobs or got color like that. So if I'm going to do one, that's one I don't mind being a part of uh, because it did. It had a really potential to, or at least where people remembered it, right? So well, yeah. Um, so again, uh, that was a cool blade job. I was, I was glad to be a part of it. I just wish it could have just meant something different or had a better finish to it well yeah because there's so many names out there that are synonymous with bleeding you know like yeah as soon as they get in the ring you know there's there's gonna be the butcher yeah well that's one that just jumps into head yeah and dusty was another one because his his right was always scar tissue hit that big hematoma up there all the time but with that match everybody remembers because it wasn't all the time right exactly Here's one from Craig Usher. Hey, Sid, any memories on wrestling up in Canada? Yeah, actually, I was watching a strongman competition today. It was taped, I guess, in 2017. It was up there. I really, I really missed it up there, uh, especially in the wintertime. Summertime is, wasn't fun being anywhere. Especially but, um, right <laughs> yeah, Canada, no one wants to come to the shows, and they're dead. But, no, I remember the little venues, those like the one I saw today. It had the, the red, the yellow, the blue seats, and those little places like Winnipeg and how you know the little venues they ran uh and i talk about all the time how bad it was you know in that era with uh, especially in that period where i worked with diesel and brett worked with diesel i remember when brett and kevin were working in canada in the winter time and they we couldn't I mean we the whole company um couldn't sell out um a high school but i loved it i loved being up there you know just i, I love the food um um, I, when I look back at it, sometimes I forget how small it was or how how diminished the business was at that time. You know, because we think of the business being, you know, 80,000 people and it's just not like that all the time. Well, that's all you see on TV. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You don't see those little old buildings that used to be in Ottawa and, you know, the old building that man, I can't remember the name of that where we ran in Toronto, uh, the Maple Leaf. 
God, it was like horrible. The crowd was horrible. They were hard. It was a, you know, again, it was just, you know, but I, I, you still enjoyed being there. I had always, always loved the little towns in Canada when we, we'd be on those um, four or five day loops where you'd never get out of your car. You'd be up in BC, you know, um, just, man, it was, especially in the fall. It was so beautiful up there. Um, I remember one time me or Carl Willette was up there and Carl had that patch because he really lost his eye when, as an accident in, a, in an accident when he was a kid. And um, my hair at the time was so long and we had the windows down and just air going everywhere. And we'd stop to get gas and I'd put that patch on and I'd be getting gas and the guy's looking at me or sometimes we still at that time you'd find a full station, uh, a full service station uh, that where they, you know, pump your gas. And sometimes they do it where I would do it. And the guys look at me, I'd go, Hey man, are you looking in my eye? <laughs> The guys go, no, 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 we, 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 no, we. No, I said, no, 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 don't give me that shit. Are you looking in my eye, man? No, 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 no. And I'd pump more gas, or he would pump more gas, and I'd go, no, you, you are, you're, you're looking at mine. No, 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 no. We. And so we'd go in the store, and I start paying for the gas or whatever we might get, you know, a drink or something. And you still looking at my eye? No, 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 we, 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 we. And I'd finally, I'd take the thing off and I had my eye closed. I'd go. <laughs> ah, you know. So we just had a lot of fun up there in those little small towns like that, me and Carl. I, I don't understand why people are afraid to talk to you. I, really I know, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, let me see here. Albert put in here. Hello, Sid from California. Just wanted to thank you for the great time when you came out here and hope to work with you again. Albert, uh, I guess you're the brother uh, to um, Greg. Albert, man, I had a great time out there. I really did. I thought it was Anthony. Uh, I guess it's Albert. Anyway, I did have a great time, Albert, with you guys, uh, other than when the guy coughed in my face. Uh, and then on the way home, that uh, man and woman got in a fist fight. Uh, the cops had to take him off the airplane. But other than that, it was a really good time. I'm glad I got out there, too, because it's like you guys are – might get burned out out there. I hope everything's okay, by the way. Yeah, there's a lot of fires going on out there right now, all the West Coast. Rob, you, you tell me if this looks like I really care. Greg, Albert, we're worried about you out there in the California with those fires. That looks like concern. There we go. There you go. Um, now, I'm going to let Lori know if she's watching right now, because it's right around that time, log back. Yeah. Okay. Right, it's about time. So now, while we're waiting for her, um, here's a question from Ron Delegan. How did you feel about Harvey Whippleman being your manager? Well, I gave him the job. Um, actually what it was, Harvey, you know, or Bruno, we started together down. Well, I started with him down in Alabama and continental and I was Lord humongous and he was uh downtown Bruno. So he became a manager down there and we got him a position there with the WWF and it just didn't work out with uh, a couple of people he was managing. Um, they made a switch to me where I was going from baby face to heel. And I said, I pulled Harvey in to be my manager for, for the rest of the short time. I knew I was going to be there. Nice. That way I give him, you know, give him a little shot in arm. He could be able to keep his job hopefully. And, you know, exactly. All right. Let's get one more good question here. Um, actually this one will answer too, because someone asked me if someone asked if you're a sports guy, and if so, which do you follow? But then Terrence said, hey, Sid, do you watch any football? Um, 
And if so, who's your favorite team? Well, I'm a big college football fan uh, for sure. Alabama, uh, always my number one team. Just I go back from uh, back a long, long time ago with Bear Bryant in the days of Bear Bryant when my grandmother, she's the one who really got me into college football back, 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 back a long time ago. So that's one of my favorite hobbies. Um, that's why I like calling games, and that's why I sort of, again, I have no political bone in my body. We're going to laugh about it later. Uh, but I just bet it against Donald Trump because it just looks like all the odds are against him. But, no, I enjoy betting on a college football game or a college basketball game. That's probably the most the most fun you could have for five bucks especially when you go with the point spread because the point spread is where it's at. And if you do enough of those games, you'll say, man, these guys know what's going on. It almost seems like they do, but it's, it's just that much fun. And I, I recommend it to everyone, you know, put a dollar or $5 with some, one of your friends, uh, but do the point spread. And, and cool thing about it is this, what I'm getting to is that um, in a college basketball game, it's not like a football game where you're sitting on a lead or, sitting trailing or something like that it's oh you're up and then you're down and you're up and you're down and then literally three seconds in a college basketball game feel like yeah. three hours i mean it's like you're like there's no way they could get seven plays off in one tenth of a second but they do it you know it's like whoa you know Holy so that's yeah. a lot of fun to watch guys and ronnie gibbs is like a gift from heaven because Ronnie Gibbs says, uh, when are y'all getting to talk about the vitamin D and COVID connection? I'm old and it's getting past my bedtime. That is like the perfect segue. That's it, man. Let's, let's go straight to it. Let's bring in Lori. Yep. And Lori, how you doing? Oh, can she hear us? Can you hear hey, us, Lori? Can y'all hear me? Yes. Can you hear us? I can hear you. Oh, good, good. <laughs> How are you doing yes. tonight, Lori? I think I've got a little bit of a delay. <laughs> There's a bit of a lag. Yes, I'm noticing. Not a worry. You got a hold of us yes. for a certain topic. What topic did you uh, did you write in about? Well, I've enjoyed watching the show, and in my email, I you know I've really enjoyed the wrestling topics, but also talking about COVID and, you know, just what's going on in the country now and everything. And so it got me thinking, I was really wanting to know more about, uh, it started out with wanting to know more about Sid's daily, uh, you know, his activities, like what he does to take care of himself from eating to supplements to exercise and everything. But then it, uh, I also, I myself have experience with having COVID and I believe that the vitamin D link may have helped my case be mild. So it got me thinking about that, too, that the media is not talking enough about, you know, things we can do to stay healthy. And right. uh, I actually started researching more about the vitamin D and the COVID link. So that's that got me thinking about, you know, just things we can do to stay healthier on a daily basis and how we can help ourselves uh, to prevent, you know, maybe from getting it. But also if we do get it hopefully to have a milder case. Yes. Lori, I think that's a great thing to talk about. Now, um, what I've done is Rob can uh, testify to this is since we, the COVID thing started, I've lost right about 52, 55 pounds. And that's from just cleaning up my diet. Got rid of just right. one thing at a time from potato chips to red meat and really uh, just really white meat and vegetables and pretty much that's it. Worst thing I have in my diet is a few sugars from a, uh, from fruit juice, but and then I, I battle that with water. But I believe for sure, because everything you hear and the more we hear about 
COVID-19 that the healthier you are, for sure, the better you're going to do. Um, now, I will say this. I, I, as far as nutrition, you know, back when we were working out and eating to be as big as we could be, um, one of the things we, we found out that, like, for instance, like when you took in a, say, whatever your protein, uh, for me, it'd be 150 grams of protein and my carbohydrates, you know, science showed us that by taking in a multivitamin that our body utilizes protein and carbohydrates more efficiently. And after they started doing studies on vitamins and how it worked with humans, stuff like that, they found out, this was years ago, 20, 30 years ago, where C, D, and E were first a great combination to have, you know, if you weren't taking, you know, you know all the others, right? Uh, but even with the multivitamin, C, D, and E helped everything, helped your immune system, help you recover faster, help the muscle growth, everything. So there are some really links to C, D, and E that probably will say or suggest that they would benefit people that are, say, being prepared to get COVID or hoping to fight against COVID. Um, and we know that we can't take too many vitamins because if we do, we just sort of get rid of them. Uh I do have to say, your fans, Sid, are the greatest fans in the world. Ramona put a message in here. Hey, Lori, so glad to see you on Sid's show. Like, oh, great, man. Thank you, Ramona. Yes. Now, I was, doing some, Ramona. I was doing some digging, and it was interesting that you, you mentioned that media doesn't talk about it a lot because the only thing I could find was an article from Canadian television about this research. It was the only link I could find. And it talks about how vitamin D deficiency can cause an increase in the uh, the virus in your body. Right. But nowhere else. Like, I Well, don't... not to cut you off, Rob, this is what it is. There's very few studies that are, that are, are getting done or have been done. So that's why you see very little chart work on them. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, the thing about vitamins, most of that is not governed by the USDA regulation. So if you say I got a multivitamin or I've got a pack of metrics that's got a multivitamin in it, and that was your selling point, you don't know that you're really getting that in there. And that's why a lot of people are a little leery to say to commit to vitamins, because first of all, they become really, really expensive. Uh, I remember just taking a multivitamin with every one of my meals. Just think about the eight times a day. That adds up really fast. And then I take the multivitamin. On top of that, I take the C, D, and E extra with that. Of course, that's when you're trying to, you're fighting really hard to, you know, get every pound of muscle you can get, recover as fast as you can. Um, and, and nutrition is the vehicle that does that for you. Uh, Jeremy also said hello to Lori. And someone also commented, nice Pink Floyd t-shirt. Oh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> So now, uh, Lori, you mentioned that you actually had, you actually had COVID, but the vitamin D helped you. Could you explain that a bit? Yeah. 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 Um, I actually had it back in the summer, several months ago, and I was doing everything I could to protect myself and I was staying at home. You know, I wasn't getting out and, um, I had another health issue going on at the time that was related to my heart. So I was really especially trying not to get it and I got it anyway. Um, so while I had COVID, 
I also was having the heart issues. And so I was concerned, but my case never progressed past mild. And I truly believe um, I have a doctor who has me already set up on supplements and I already had my vitamin D, B12, all that, all my levels were good already. And I really believe, of course, I don't know for sure, and I'm not a doctor, but I really believe that that helped me not to have such a mild, not to have such a severe case when I had other health issues going on at the same time. And since then, I have talked to other people who have experienced the same thing. Um, people who um, were taking vitamin D at the time they got COVID and they had a mild case. Now I'm not saying that happens every time, but I've heard it from more and more people. And then I've heard people talk about, well, their doctors are starting to tell them and mention vitamin D. So that's just something I'm passionate about and about, you know, taking care of my health. And I really believe, right. you know, if you have yourself set up already to be healthy, then that would definitely, you know, and I've read several articles where they're linking it. They can't say for sure, but there is, there is a possible link between vitamin D deficiency and the severity of your COVID case. Well, I bet, I bet you if you talk to some, there's one lady I saw recently who's, they're, they're called the, uh, I think they're called the long haulers, the people that have these horrible effects from COVID-19, you know, two, three, four, five months after having it. And I, I bet you if you looked at that, you might see some more studies where it shows that maybe they were vitamin deficient and maybe that is helping a little bit. I really believe in this, everyone, and this is not just COVID-19, but for myself, and Rob's known me now for over a year, whenever I feel down, if I get run down, and if I, I did have, I thought it was COVID-19 back in February, January, uh, if I got a cold or flu, something like that, I eat myself out of it. And I, I really do, I, I'm, I think I'm one of the healthiest eaters I know. Um, yeah. uh, I really am. And I, I do believe we can eat ourselves out of situations like that. And I feel like I've done it time and time again. Um, and I know vitamins will help us. Um, now, I think science, and I don't know this, but I think science tells us you know, the greater way to get our vitamins are through real foods, like, you know, cheese, milk, uh, that's your calcium, and, and your vegetables have got all your vitamins, things like that, your fruits, you got the vitamin C, stuff like that. But we can't have enough of them. And, and I think studies do show that we most of us, a lot of us, do have deficiency. And for some reason, it does show that D pops up mm -hmm. more than the rest of them, you know. I think that because we know or where they're showing us that studies show that D, E, and C together are some type of magic combination. You'll see that. I, saw, I haven't seen it recently, but after I started using that, after studies were done, you'd see them on packets of cheese. You'd go calcium plus C, D, and E, those three highlighted so there had to be something to it if not anything you know where maybe they might have changed their mind about it but for sure at one time it was well and uh as laurie said it's testament if, if you have enough vitamin d you can help keep yourself healthy and that right and like you've said on the podcast many many times Sid, as long as you're starting healthy it helps to keep you healthy it really does Hey, Lori, do you want to hear something funny? Uh, me and Rob just figured out this past week about me and myself and Rob. Uh-oh. I mean, I've talked to Rob about this, but he didn't know that I was going to talk about it tonight. Uh, you know, me and Rob, since this COVID-19 thing started, right? So we're sort of, we got our own conspiracy theories. Or not conspiracy, but we, we think we're getting it figured out. So at the very beginning, we both hear about, you know, at first they weren't saying anything about social distancing or, you know, there wasn't a big demand to wear a mask and stuff like that. So 
When we first heard of it, when we first saw it, me and Rob really jumped on the wagon about wearing masks. Then they did the uh, shutdowns, you know, or limited shutdowns, stuff like that. So me and Rob started guessing about what's going on and yada, yada, yada. And, of course, the big deal was Trump's not really like there's nothing wrong. And Dr. Fauci saying there is something wrong. And all of a sudden, people start dying. Me and Rob go, hey, man, these motherfuckers, they're hiding something from us, you know? And uh, so we started thinking about it. Time goes on and words get popped up like, you know, herd immunity. I first heard that one. Oh, my God, Rob, my biggest fear. They know what's going on, and they're marching us right towards herd immunity. And, of course, we're thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the other morning, we talk every morning like 4 and 5 in the morning when we're both walking. He's walking the streets of Canada doing funny steps. I'm doing funny <laughs> steps here in Arkansas at 5 in the morning. So anyway, we're freaking our neighborhood. Uh, our neighbors at the same time, we're walking. So I'm talking the other morning. I said, Rob. You know what it is? I, I think that uh, they know this is happening and uh, it, it, they just don't care. Then the next morning I go, Rob, you know what it is? This is what's going to happen. They said this, that they know it's going to take a year to three years to get a vaccine. They know the vaccine only, only going to be 50 to 70 percent effective and only 50 percent of people are going to take it, meaning we are going to face herd immunity. I said, and then what it is. And then the next day, so happens, the story comes out about Trump, um, you know, uh, had known this and had been playing it light. Then it's just like, man, Rob, I was right about this. <laughs> and then, so I talked to my uncle, who's a head, you know, uh, of an AIDS clinic. And this is the deal. Everyone knew that but me and Rob. <laughs> <laughs> we were the only two. My uncle, uncle Bill, I got to figure it out. It's a year to three years of vaccine, blah, 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 blah. I go, and the rest of it's herd immunity. He goes, yeah. <laughs> I went, you mean you already knew that? I said, I asked you this six months ago to tell me what's going on. <laughs> so me, me and Rob figured it out after everyone else. Yeah, that's that's how good we are. <laughs> we did it at five in the morning, and I was in Crittenden County, <laughs> Arkansas, over here. And then that afternoon, we felt like, this big. <laughs> yep. Or this, this, our brains were this small. <laughs> uh, just throwing this up too. Jeremy also likes your Pink Floyd t-shirt. The, the Pink Floyd t-shirt is getting a lot of press tonight. I'm getting a Pink Floyd shirt next week. I'm sticking with my Stormtrooper. <laughs> yeah, well. I'm a Star Wars guy. What can I say? Big music fan here. So, yeah. yeah. Well, me too. Now, we we talk a lot about music uh, uh, quite a bit, just um, having of light. Now, you're from, you said you're uh, around, where at, Lori? I'm originally from Savannah, around Pickwick Lake. I know that, but where are you at right now? I'm in Mississippi now. What part? Around uh, Columbus, Brooksville, oh, Mississippi. Okay, yeah, Columbus, I love that part. Now, if you ever get a chance, there's a station in Memphis, it's called the Weevil, it's 89.9, and it's been the best station in Memphis. For, have you, you heard of it? <laughs> Do you listen to I it? I have actually been listening to it. I told Rob the other day, called. I've listened to it, and so has my family. We've actually been listening to it, yes. Now, being from Columbus, you have to appreciate and enjoy Wednesdays from 10 to 2. It's called Bashful Bob and the Sure Enough Country Hour. You ever listen to that segment? 
I haven't heard that one. Well, it only comes on Wednesdays. He's been dead for almost 10 years, but they air him every Wednesday. And he'll talk about, hey, this is Bashful Bob. Hold on a minute. I got one of these electronic letters here. It says, Bashful Bob, really love your show. I love when you play these good old country songs. You know, and, he'll, and there's no commercials. And he'll talk about, hey, if you got a cat, leave them indoors. They live longer. And they kill things, <laughs> you know, or when it's the season, the box turtle, you know, this is Bachelor Bob. This is the season of the box turtle. You see one of those critters, get out, help them cross the road. Oh, oh I talked her right off the screen. <laughs> I think you did. She ran to the Weevil station. <laughs> That's Boy, it. I was just joking. Really said, not a Weevil station. I'm going to go listen to it right now. Really, man. God, I really sold her on that. <laughs> no. <laughs> When I spoke to her uh, yesterday when we were prepping for this, uh, yeah. she's out in the country and she has a hot spot. So oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hang on. Here she is. She is back. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, all right. I have to go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, take a leap. <laughs> Sid said, yep. Yep. She's gone to listen to Weevil. That's how, that's how good he sold it. <laughs> really, man. Well, you would probably like too, Lori. There's a, there's a girl that come on in the morning. Her name's. Yeah, perfect timing. Now, you'd like this. You ever heard the girl named Melody? And her segment's called the Music City Reveille. And she plays more modern stuff. Have you heard her? I, I don't think so. Now, did you hear it live or are you stream, da- uh, downloading it? Are you just streaming it? I'm streaming it. Uh, and when I turned it on the first time, it was the classic country, like from the 30s. I think from the 20s and 30s. So... I had to tell my dad about that because he loves old country music. So that was actually the first show I listened to on there. Well, this is the thing. You can pull it up and look at it. They they don't come on air till six in the morning. They go off at midnight. And so every two, four hours, the genre changes the music. Now, on Saturday mornings, your father loves country music. It's the best. It's um called the Bluff City Barn Dance. And it's all bluegrass. Now, after that, I don't care for it. It's called the Scottish Celt Hour. Uh, where it's Irish pub music, and I just not big on Irish pub music, but no, they've got um so many cool segments. Uh, on Friday nights, there's a guy named uh, Captain Pete, and it's called Captain Pete's Blues Cruise. It comes on at nine o'clock. Now he's been dead for 25 years, and they air him every Friday night like he's still alive. And he comes on after a segment called Lonnie and the Rockabilly. Whatever it's rockabilly like Jerry Lewis. I bet your dad would enjoy that too. Um, but it'll come on and Lonnie will tell the story a lot of time. Well, we're going to Captain Pete's Blues Cruise because he's no longer with us, but he's, he's a great guy, blah blah blah. And so we're going to Captain Pete's segment, same song every week, and it'll be like 9 14 or 9 15. He'll go, Hey Lonnie, thanks for that introduction. Yeah, we're on Captain Pete's Blues Cruise, it's 9 14. And it's like, wow, it's 914, man. You'll, I got chills just talking about it, like right then, you know. But the cool thing about it, he'll tell you what it was like to be in Clarksville, Mississippi, and that's the home of the blues. Uh, the, it's called the, it's where the, the guy did the deal with the devil, you know, the crossroads, right? Uh, Mississippi is the home of the blues. Everybody came through there. Highway 61 is called the Chitlin' Highway. I'm giving everybody a real quick education in the blues. So he can, he can make you feel like you were there. He'll go, yeah, I remember when I was just a kid and, yeah, my mom used to take me down there and 
Howlin' Wolf come up with his trailer and B.B. King come up with his trailer. And, man, I'd be scared because they all be outlaws and, man, they play all night. And, man, but it's just like, again, I'm getting chills. It's like you are there. Uh, and that's so cool about the Weevil. Um, segments like that to um, – well, I'm just talking about the Weevil tonight, right? Yeah. No. It just goes on and on. Uh, I, I heard today being Sunday uh, – it's called the Cathedral of something rock. I'm not really into heavy metal, but it's usually pretty good. And then they got uh, the reggae hour. Uh, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not a big reggae person, but I'll listen to it. And not, not every 30 minutes and not every Sunday, but every once in a while, even on that segment, I'll hear a song and I'll go, I don't know who that was or what that was, but that might've been one of the greatest songs of any song I've ever heard. And that's what's cool about the Weevil. The Weevil stands for We Volunteer, too. And uh, uh, it's just a cool station. It is. Um, like you said, Lori's gotten into it. Yeah. I listen to it up here in Canada. Cool, man. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, let me see here. Uh, if there is any more questions on the side, none that I can see. So, um, Lori, I want to thank you so much for, for coming on. Um, yeah. And sharing what you did with us. Right. It was really thank cool. Thank you for Lord. having me. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, it's, um, it's sometimes it's hard to stand up on a platform and say things you want to be, or you want to say people are scared to talk about things sometimes. And even if it's something simple, it's hard to get out just talking about a, a vitamin deficiency, something we, you know, we haven't heard enough about you know, this COVID thing. COVID-19 thing guys is not going to go away anytime soon. So if there's any little thing that we can find out there to educate ourselves to broaden our vision on anything. And this is right now for sure a serious deal. Um, yeah, this is why too, you no know, people uh, are listening that while, well, sorry, Lori, you got bumped out again. Yeah. She'll be, but uh, this is why they compare it to the flu and you can compare it to the flu uh, because of this very reason. It's a virus. Uh, unfortunately, it's just five, six times you know, deadlier than the virus, uh, and they don't have a vaccine. And just like all viruses come around, of course, me and Rob are just finding this out today. <laughs> you know, uh, they just don't, they don't go away right away. Uh, unfortunately, no one's telling us. They're not telling it. I would rather them tell me like the way I've said it tonight. It's a, it's a virus. It's going to take three years to eradicate, to eradicate. And even they didn't know social distancing, mask wearing, blah, blah, blah. Again, um, it's going to be, we're going to, some people are going to take the vaccine. Some people aren't. So, you know, where do we, uh, how do we protect ourselves? So we got to protect ourselves. We don't realize too, it, you know, if you don't get the vaccine, if you, you don't get immune to it, you're going to have to wear a mask for a while. And then we don't know we're going to have to wear a mask even if we don't, even if we do get it, because we're finding out now people are getting it a second time, you know, so. Um, like Lori said, and mm -hmm. I've been told this honestly, and I won't say who, but from two different doctors, one is a doctor, actually one of my doctors, and one of them is a friend of mine who's a nurse practitioner, but pretty close to a doctor. When talked about COVID-19 to them, even them knowing I've had, you know, even the small and minor heart ablations, uh, well, I've had two of them in the last six years, uh, even knowing that said, you know, Sid, even if you were getting it, you're probably going to be okay. <clears throat> knowing how healthy I've kept myself and stuff. But still, I don't want to take that chance. You know, I don't want to be on a ventilator. Uh, mm -hmm. I already have bad asthma. I'm not worried about my heart, underlying heart condition. It's my asthma I worry about. Even tonight, I can't get out of a whole uh, conversation without my throat clogging up, you know. 
And see, that's the big thing too, because it affects your lungs and it's a breathing thing, asthma and, and stuff like that. It's, it's a risk. Well, and I'm going to tell you, I don't care. This isn't me making this up, Rob. In this part of the country, allergy and asthma is 10 times worse than any other part in the world. So yeah. if you already got asthma, you got allergy induced asthma, uh, this pretty borderline, we have to have an inhaler all the time. And this is a bad part of the country. So if you're on a ventilator, <clears throat> you got asthma and it gets bad, worse in this area, you're not going to make it. Yeah. I mean, really, you're not. You just, you're not. So that's why I, I look at stuff like this. Like um, if the one thing I can do to help is wear a mask, that's the least I can do. And I'm, I'm happy to do that. Lori, bringing this topic up, if I can increase my vitamin D and that's going to help, then you right. know I can do that. That's These are small little things that help in the long run. No, Robert, like you just said, it's all those small things. Wearing a mask, be conscious or considerate of other people. Um, you know, I'll be honest with you, I'm wearing a mask to protect myself. And that's just being honest. Um, I like it. I mean, if I thought I had it, I'd go to the doctor. But I don't. I hope I don't. But again, I'm wearing it uh, to protect myself, but I also want not to offend anyone. Excuse me for burping so much tonight. I don't want to offend anyone either by that, uh, by not wearing one. Um, I talked to a guy at Walmart, the grocery store this afternoon about that. Um, we don't want to pass this on to anyone. We don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. Um, it's like someone's overweight. You know, I'm not comfortable to say, hey, man, you're fat, unless I want to say that. But <laughs> when you want to say that, you know you're taking the risk of hurting someone's feelings or offending someone. This is the worst time in the world to, to offend someone, I think, with everything going on like it is. Um, yeah. You know, and um, I just don't see any um, – Light it's in the tunnel for all the crap that is going on in our, in our world. It's just not the U.S., everyone. Protests are going on everywhere. They are. Every country, every part, every every county in every country or every, you know, whatever you want to call those places. It's just happening everywhere. Um, it's just a tough time. And I, the COVID-19 is the, is the catalyst in this whole deal for everyone. It's causing so much trouble. I, I, I very seldom meet someone that hasn't been affected or doesn't know someone has been affected by it mm-hmm. even again if you just if you have to go to walmart or someone with a mask on you're being affected you know so yeah. we're all being it's a it's a weird time and every week me and rob we talk about it we're hoping that um we're going to see something normal now i will say this it's, it worries me but um seeing some of these football games over the weekend make you feel like things get a little normal but Yes. It's also awful scary too, man. Yeah. Um I mean it, Rob, it could be those charts we look at every morning. That's why they're saying that now the death rate's going to double just in uh October, November, two, you no, know, two and a half months. Um because they already know that going to these games and and getting back to uh person to person teaching and um uh, schools, the people, the holiday weekends is just, and now we're going into the flu season. Um, yeah. That again, even though we laugh about how dumb you and I've been about this whole thing, think we're sort of figuring it as, you know, we're ahead of everyone where we're only like maybe a hundred years behind everyone with the figuring out about the immune deal. If we're uh, her, the herd thing, man, like I was looking for this herd to run over me every morning. I'm walking like a herd of cattle, you know, 
Um, then I'd be well, though, after the herd of cattle ran me over. But um, exactly, that's what I was looking for. I think I'm walking in the morning just to talk to you. But um, but <laughs> no, it's just um, I don't know, man. I, I would have every day I say this. I never thought that we 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 be in the middle of something like this. Yeah. You know, and you, sometimes you hear something about, well, the flu's breaking out really bad, and you know this part right here, but. Not the whole world, man. Not at one time. Yeah, we have a season. This is global. <laughs> no, this is global, guys. It's just um, Lori. And, and again, it is. It's like we've been told it is just a virus, and it's, it probably will go away one day. But this is something we only see every hundred years, and it's something none of us today have seen before. Probably no one we know have seen before. So we're going to experience firsthand. And uh, some of us are going to be affected by it. Some of us are going to lose someone close to us. And some of us listening to this broadcast <clears throat> right now probably might not make it themselves. Mm-hmm. Rob, as it counts, you and I might not make it either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're such big chickens, we probably will make it. Yep. Can't get it if I don't leave my house. <laughs> really, exactly. Uh, Lori messaged in. She said, thank you guys for having me. Really enjoyed it. I think my internet has had enough. LOL. So... Yeah, her internet saying no, no, she can't log back in anymore. <laughs> well, Lori, we again, we appreciate you coming on. We really do. Um, we always looking for something new to talk about. Um, even vitamin D is sort of boring. Eh, no, just joking. That was internet. <laughs> By the way, Lori, that's internet. Sid, when something like that comes out, I don't know if you know. Who, if you don't know who that is, Rob will tell you about it. Oh yeah. Anyway, no, we enjoy that. That was a great conversation. We had a, a question just right before you. Uh, we got you on air tonight. Um, so a guy was staying up just to hear that. So that's really cool. And again, everyone, if you hear, if you got some story you'd like to talk about, it didn't have to be <clears throat> COVID-19. It could be about music and be about, it could be about my hair. I wouldn't care. No, just anything. Uh, we, we enjoy talking about it. <clears throat> We're going to still talk about things coming up. I would like to talk maybe next week a little bit about, um, what you and I have talked a little bit about, Rob, last few mornings and this past week, a little bit about Black Lives Matter, where it's going, what's happening with it, and um, things like that. Uh, I know there's a lot of people who got a lot of concerns. There's a lot of new questions been brought up about it, you know, that um, that is worth talking about. So if you got questions next week or somebody wants to join in, on that conversation next week, please contact us through the Facebook of Vicious Circle. We'll get in touch with Rod Bellany or myself. Yep. But um, wanna, we just want to, I want to talk about that just a little bit because this is the reason why. And I told my uncle this morning this, and I told Rob this, and, and uh, you know, being from the South, and I've said a million times that I've always been a little bit embarrassed about the Civil War and how people look at people from the South that maybe we're all like that, and I've tried not to be like that. Um, it, it didn't come overnight. I'm the first to admit to that. Um, but this is the thing I have tried to do since the whole movement of the black lives matter started up. Uh, I, I've talked about it. I saw a thing on PBS one time, with Tom Hanks and Oprah Winfrey. And they really simply was just saying, you know, us as human beings and people, we have to look at other people as human beings and people. And if, um, th- they're, they're, talking about something right here they're talking about black lives matter i myself and i can't say anyone else i myself as a person want to be able to say black lives matter 
and leave it at that. Not say, oh, you know what? But my life matters too. Of course it matters. But if it mattered enough, I'd have my own sign, my own t-shirt, my own hat saying, see, life matters. But I'm not doing that. Uh, because, again, there's a lot of reasons. We don't talk about it tonight. But are, there are some things I've, I've talked about. That now for me to do that, to talk to people and put that message out there, you know, that, that hey, I'm, I'm, I'm challenging you. I'm asking you to be able to look at it in this light. Just be able to say Black Lives Matter. Uh, you know, and it's, it's hard to do that, get people to do that. Even if I suggest, and it's a horrible thing to say. Even if I would suggest, could you say Black Lives Matter even if you get them to stop talking about it? And they can't do that, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that's what, again, it just it, it shock, uh, shocks me. But some of the things that have happened now with Black Lives Matter, it's hard for me to say that anymore. And I want people to maybe ask questions about that next week, and we'll talk about that a little bit. That's a great topic. Um, I wanted to put this up again. I had it up earlier uh, <coughs> from here in Chatham. His name's James. Uh, he said the thing with this COVID thing is that you can be a carrier and show no symptoms. That's the reason for the masks. Right. No, that's a, no, you're right, too, uh, James. Look, that's a definitely great reason to wear one. Because if you don't know you have it and you're spread, I mean – I mean, that's got to be the, probably the greatest reason to wear one. I mean, because if you don't know you got it and you're spreading it, I mean, who else is getting it and then really being affected by it? Exactly. Good statement, James. Exactly. And uh, Joe Tong messaged, hey, Rob, hey, Sid. Joe is the person who drew the comic for the convention that we were supposed to have in April. Oh, okay, Joe. Hey, thanks, man. It's, got, it's good hollering at you tonight, Joe Tong. It is done, and I should have had one here. I could have shown you. I will have it for the next podcast, though, so we can show you. Okay, cool. Uh, Jeremy said, thanks, guys, for being live. I enjoyed it. I hope you guys appreciate the time to your podcast, which absolutely we do. Thank you so much for, for watching. Yeah, thank you, man. This is um, this really means a lot to me, guys. Uh, um, in the beginning of this podcast, I didn't know how I'd even stick with it, but it's really become a big part of my connection to the people and my fans. Yeah. And it looks like, and I hope I don't say his name wrong. Pachuco, Pachuco Rodriguez said, enjoyed the show. Really awesome. It's, it's nice to see that people are relating. Right. Exactly. Cause I know. Well, I, that's what, go ahead, Rob. I'll just say, I've listened to podcasts and at the end of it, I'm sitting there going, what did I even listen to? And you realize that they're just doing it just because they want to get it out there, which is fine. But right. I know with you, you want to make sure people are, are wanting to hear. Well, I am really trying hard, and Rob, since the first day I started this podcast, I'm trying to find something no one else is doing or or just a different way of doing something maybe and mm -hmm. and really having no knowledge because I don't watch any other podcasts. Uh, I hear about them and I see what they're trying to do. But uh, again, I, I, I feel like ours is growing. Uh, we've even talked about maybe starting a, a separate one uh, to where other things could grow. But this and right now, I, I really like the way – where we're going this and how things are growing. It's very organic. And that's, that's the that's, best sign. No, it is Rob. It really is. And we've had over the year, we ought to do this one day. We've been trying to say, for instance, we're trying to, I've been trying to do this with Rob's help is try to get like some, some cast, excuse me, characters that are sort of funny, like Jeff Arthur, the president of Rob Bellamy's fan club. 
you got to get someone like that, ask him the right question, get the right answer, and he's really going to be super, super funny guy, you know, especially when I put him on the spot. But we're trying to find little things, little niches like that for our show. Mm-hmm. And we've had some really cool guests on uh, over the last year. Some really cool conversations. Again, uh, talking to Lori tonight was, of course, our last one, our, our latest. But, you know, again, talk about, get a chance to talk about COVID-19. Um, we got, And then my favorite subject is always music. We got to talk about music and the Weevil and, and bring up cool stories about Bachelor Bob and, and um, Captain Pete, you know, and, and uh, carry those stories on and stuff like that. So to me, I'm hoping everyone, you know, even the story about, you looking at my eye? <laughs> yes. I hope that people remember that, you know, say, wow, that's not your regular podcast. You get to see the, the vein in Sid's eyeball. <laughs> no, not very often. Not at all. <laughs> Thank you, Ron. Oh, <laughs> uh, let me see here. Uh, let's end with this. We've had, we've had uh, Dr. Stevel on the show. Yes, the good doctor. We need to get him back sometime. Yes. Oh, I know he would. He's he's still very grumpy at COVID because it ruined his plans to come see you. Oh, uh, well, we're going to get going. Yep. We'll get there. It's going to happen. Okay. So the last one here, uh, Matthew Gustovich. And hopefully I said that right. Hey, guys, just jumped on. Are you watching the Cowboys game? No. No. Who's who's winning, Matthew? We're, we're doing a podcast. We're not watching. <laughs> no, really. Okay, Matthew, your question's been revoked. I'm going to ask you one last one. All right. And this goes with that whole welcome back to WWF here. The name Psycho Sid, who came up with that? Like, did you have any connection to creation or anything? Or was it just here you go? It was here you go. And I'll tell the story. I guess you don't remember. Uh, Maybe I haven't told it to you. Is that uh, what happened was, is um, of course, I sit down with Vince and we talk about what we're going to do. And then I get brought to TVs. And then uh, I think I got, I was told what name I was going to use, walk to the ring. And I never even picked up on the music or the lighting that the lighting was like you were in the shower, you know, blah, blah, blah. And um, I remember this is again, this is why it was so great for me to be a dumb country guy. Right. It didn't affect me. If, if you would have been made fun of like that and, thrown out there with the, that name and that music, you know, without being asked or anything like that, it might've affected you, but it never did affect me. I didn't know, didn't care. And, and I remember finally someone, cause I never put it over cause I didn't figure it out. I remember one of the guys, the guys are so <laughs> stupid. They're like, they want you to, they want to laugh at you, but when you can't, you don't know what, you know, how, you know, what, if it's, you're, it's not funny to you. If you don't know what, how bad it is, it can't be funny for anyone else. So finally, someone said, "Sid, you know what? You know what they're doing with that music." And I went, "No, <laughs> I didn't." You know, so but that's how it was just gave to me uh, at Augusta, Georgia, in front of four hundred people. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, and I know you and I have talked about it, but we have never spoken about it here. Oh, so I got you. Got you. That's why I wanted to get that out there for him. And then I guess we will end with Matthew. He said, "Cowboys, fourteen to 13. All right, man. I've, I know. Back to my grandmother, I'm always going to be a cowboy fan at heart. Yes. Yeah. Right. I'm a Pittsburgh guy, but it's only because my best friend is a Steelers fan, and I sort of got sucked into watching the games with her for a while. And right. I kind of like them. They're good. Is this the same friend you promised you what you would not watch the Republican National Convention? No, no. That's a that's different another, friend in Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> you, you could tell these people that you're promising that to that you're not American. It's not yeah. going to hurt you to watch it, you know. 
<laughs> we wouldn't let you vote, Rob, because you owe us a, a, two containers of aluminum. Is that what it is? I think that's the tariff now, right? I'm going to figure out a different one if I have to. I'm working with, you know, matter of fact, I'm thinking about running the campaign for uh, Kanye West. Oh, there we go. Yep. You'll get him. I might be, I might be the running mate. You know, I might be vice president. <laughs> Kanye and, and, and Sid, this, Sid, this yeah. is going to be interesting. Be the we'll, both, we'll both go to the hospital for corporal terminal, whatever it's called. <laughs> I heard that the other day that he actually had to go to the hospital because of an internet injury. See, I, I did think, you hear that? No, actually, an internet I injury. I heard that. I swear to God, he had to go to the doctor over internet something he was doing on his laptop. Well, I know stories of what guys do with laptops. So, <laughs> yeah, well, not me. I do. I do that with my phone. There we go. It's easier. It's in one hand, right? <laughs> right, right. Excellent. Well, Sid, thanks a lot for being here tonight. You too, Rob. This is always a blast, and. uh I guess that's it for us. All right. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in. And I know we didn't get into the whole lot of wrestling, but the questions took us outside the box, which and me and Rob put like our foot on the curb just a little bit. We don't like it just in concrete. Like Emily Harris said, you never step into the same river twice, twice. Uh, the river's always flowing. That's our podcast. It's always flowing. Uh, um, to get a good feel for the podcast, sometimes you might want to watch about 16 hours of the Ken Burns country music documentary. And you'll come on here. You'll know what don't get above your raising means. And uh, we'll go from there. Sounds like a plan, man. Gotcha. You've been listening to the vicious circle podcast. Your host, Sid Udi, co-host Rob Bellamy, additional research by Pete Marsh. The vicious circle podcast is produced by two cousin road trip Productions, a division of JX three media productions. The intro music is Unleash the Giants by Cemetery Spawn, and the outro music is Digging Space by Mike Treblecock.